0: Log
1: Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. Time. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real, Saints. Are you ready? And it's for real.
2: All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to G's Power Hour I Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Happy summer. Oh, yes, indeed. I am so glad it's summer. I know it's hot as I don't know what, but um, still, it's a great time to, you know, get outdoors early in the morning or late in the evening, the middle of the day, you know, that air conditioner can can help you out there. But uh, we want to talk a little bit about uh, spending some time in the garden. So we have summer in the garden today with Mr. Robert Bowden, Executive Director of Harry P. Lou Gardens in beautiful Central Florida in Orlando. Good morning. How are you, sir?
1: Good morning, everyone. I'm doing fine. Thank you very much for asking. I hope you're doing equally well.
2: I am. I am. And it's always good to have you on. So I, I appreciate that. So so tell me, it's hot. So I want to start <laughs> before we get into the work of the garden. Let's talk about the preparation to go out there in the garden. Let's talk about you, you have given us some tips in the past about dressing for um, time out in the heat. So what is, what is your big tip for that? What are your biggest tips for that? I know the hat thing I, I, is important.
1: I have to repeat your thoughts. Um, Summer, in my mind, is probably the best time to be in Florida because it's just so hot. But that's what they make swimming pools for, and that's what God made the beaches for. So you go out there and go to the beach. My wife and I went camping last weekend up in uh, uh, St. Augustine. And, uh, you know, the the heat's something, and you just need to prepare for it if you know that you're going to be um, working in the garden um, for an extended period of time, the most important thing, of course, is make sure that you're hydrated. And that doesn't just mean after you're out in the garden for a couple hours, you get a drink of water. That means that you hydrate before you go out there. So you drink plenty of water. uh, That way you don't um, run dry, if you will. So that's really important. And you're right about how to dress. Uh, I see so many people me included that go out into this horrible, dreadful, searing hot sunlight and uh, don't have any any head covering. And uh, I know a lot of people say, "Oh, I'll just wear my baseball hat." And uh, baseball hats are fine. You know, it's good you know, to keep the bright light out of your face, but uh, it doesn't keep the um, the sunlight off of your ears or off of your neck. And um, not to get too descriptive, but we have a, a member that comes into the gardens quite regularly and um, admittedly um, never wore a hat his entire life living in Florida. And every time I see him, he's got uh, a little bit less of his right ear. You know, the doctor comes in and whacks that part of the cancer off and then a couple months later wax a little bit more. So oh. you know, base base. I know that's kinda of disgusting, and I apologize for this early no, in but, the morning I mean, that's but
2: why people need to that's know something you
1: need something you need to think about. You know, baseball caps are fine. Keep the sunlight out of your eyes, but it doesn't do anything to keep the sunlight off of your skin.
2: Mhm. All right. So now, do now when you I live, wear sunscreen the, when you go out. I do not. Mm-hmm.
1: I do not. There's the sleep? You know, There's different. There's different opinions on that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> My right. wife is a strong um, has a strong opinion that it actually um, causes cancer <laughs> instead of preventing cancer. I don't know where Uh-oh. she gets that, but um, no, I don't wear mm-hmm. that, but. If I know that I'm going to be out for a long period of time, as much as I hate to do it, I use a, uh, I wear a, lo- a very light fabric long-sleeve shirt, and right. that keeps the sunlight off of my arms. I remember, um, gosh, it's been more than 50 years ago now, I was a park ranger in the Florida Keys, and Uh i remember my first month or so that i was there i got horrible horrible sunburn on my arms and my neck because i didn't dress properly so a couple of the people that worked there uh, gave me some long sleeve shirts and i wore actually wore gloves until my skin was accustomed to the intensity of the sun i was from ohio and the the rays of the sun aren't nearly as intense as they are here because we're closer to the equator and um it was a hard lesson learned i can tell you uh, so light fabric long sleeve shirts are very helpful if you're going to be out uh, at any part during the day and um <clears throat> i do wear shorts and I know everybody thinks i'm weird i wear uh, flip-flops and shorts and a long sleeve shirt but um it seems to work for me, and it certainly protects my arms from those uh, sun's harmful rays.
2: So, so long, because long we <laughs> wearing, putting on more clothes all, always seems kind of counterintuitive when you're going out in, in the heat. But yeah. I mean, the thing about it is, if you look at all of the movies in places like the desert and stuff like that, they're almost fully covered up. Right. You know, if, if you really think about it, so it's a matter of you know covering, but it's the material. You know, you don't want to definitely don't want to go out with a whole bunch of polyester on. You know, no. in the heat, just yeah, something oh, very and light.
1: Is, and I have to tell you, you know, my wife will buy me uh, shirts to wear uh, when I'm not working, and mm-hmm. you know, something made of rayon, for instance. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! It takes a lot. You might as well just wear a, a plastic bag because it it <laughs> doesn't breathe. It is so yeah. so awful. So polyester is out, absolutely yeah. out. Uh, yeah. for So cotton, uh, a lightweight mm-hmm. cotton, uh, anything is really good. Mm-hmm. So I've started wearing those um, kind of those um, floppy hats. Uh, with the drawstring and uh, the wide, the wide brims. Um, I used to wear straw hats, but um, number one, it looks a little goofy. And Number two, you can't wash them. And you know, mm. you, it, with those floppy hats, if you know, if it gets nasty after working for a couple of hours, you just throw it in the washer. And right. I'll, you know, I'll, I'm going to turn 70 next month. And well, I can tell you that, um, when I was ten years ago, just ten years ago, when I was fifties and sixties, you know, I could go out first thing Saturday morning, go out all day, you know, eat lunch, go back outside, uh, I find that I can't do that anymore. And that's mm. okay. You know, it's yeah to, there I'm sure there's things that you can do inside, um, or even even do it in the shade, but you know, there's lots of things you can do inside. You can always clean the shed out. You can sharpen your tools. You can watch an old Western on TV. There's lots of things that you can do. But, you know, when it's 98 degrees here, 98% humidity, you know, it's tough. And uh, one of the reasons I like it, you know, it's, it's hot and um, a lot of people don't like it. So maybe some of those New Yorkers and New Jersey people will go back there once they go through a full summer
2: yeah um I, you know the thing is do you want to, you just kind of have to pick or you got to travel do you want extreme heat or do you want extreme cold you know <laughs> so yeah. You do, yeah or you so you just or you just um <clears throat> have to travel you know to kind of get, get that balance I'm,
1: so i'm of the opinion you can always get cool by going to uh, a swimming pool or Going into the house or going to a store, go to the mall, you know, you can do any number of things. But you can never get warm. Mm. You know, when it's cold and it's twenty yeah. below, I don't care yeah. how how warm you try to be, you're never fully warm. But yeah. when you're when you're hot, you can always dive in the pool. You can always when you're, go hot, in the you're hot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, um, Now, we talked a little bit about the clothes and stuff like that, so let's talk a little bit about, I guess, restocking the utensils or getting them prepped, cleaned up, or whatever. How often do you, for example, replace your utensils?
1: I have utensils in my shed that are easily um, 55 years old. I have wow. um, hose. I have a. I have several uh, gardening hoes, uh to uh, hoe the weeds out of the garden. I've got mm-hmm. um, a string that I use to sow my seeds. I know that that's um, at least 50 years old. So um, you know when you buy good tools, they last a long time. So if you've been gardening for a while. And you need to go buy a tool, buy a good one, because you know it's going to last. Now, if you're just getting into gardening and you're not sure whether this whole gardening thing is uh, is your deal, you know, you're not you're not sure whether you're going to do it or not. Then you don't buy the real expensive stuff. You go to Home Depot mm-hmm. or Lowe's and you buy the cheapest thing, and you work with it a little while. And you know, if you discover that maybe this is kind of thing you want to do then as you go along you can buy better tools that are going to last you a long time. The one thing that um, we do encourage people to do when they buy pruners for instance, you know, if you're new to gardening and you and you, you haven't um, done a lot of gardening and you're not sure you're going to keep it up mm-hmm. <laughs> then you can buy some inexpensive pruners. But if you if you have a home and you've got a landscape to take care of, then if you have the money, then spend a little money extra on buying good hand pruners. Because you're going to be using those every time you go out into the garden. You're going to be pruning a palm frond, or you're going to be deadheading some of your bedding plants. Uh, you're going to be pruning a bush. You know, it has a stem that went awry. You, know, you need to prune that off. So... The best pruners you can buy are made by uh, Corona uh, or I'm trying to believe what the other one is. But uh, they're going to be expensive. You can pay upwards of $50 for a Felco pruner or a, uh, a Corona printer. Those also have replaceable blades. So if you, in my case... I had four children, and they knew where my clippers were. And they would go into the garage, take the clippers, and they would go outside and they would clip all sorts of things, you know, wire and stones and, you know, whatever they'd get their hands on. And they'd ruin the blade. And if you have a pair of clippers that doesn't have a replaceable blade, then you, you almost have to just throw them out. But if you buy a Felca, which is a little expensive, but well worth it, because the blades can be replaced. Uh, they can also be sharpened. And um uh, you you definitely want tools that are razor sharp. You don't want one that you have to work at and uh you know, try to get that limb off because it's either too big or your clippers aren't sharp enough because that's only going to hurt the plant long-term and provides an opportunity for pathogens to get into the plant and ultimately kill it. So nice, sharp tools. Um, So buy quality. um, You don't need to buy stainless steel. You don't need to buy Martha Stewart stuff because they aren't any better than any of the others. But I really recommend you buy good quality, uh, if you know you're going to be gardening, a good quality tool. And I always sharpen mine and spray a little WD-40 on it before I put them up after I garden. Um, you know, it's nothing worse than grabbing a pair of clippers going out in the gardens to discover that they're not very sharp. And then you've got to go back to the garage and you've got to sharpen them. So at the end of the day, when you're finished and you're putting your tools away i always give my clippers whether that be loppers or hedge clippers or hand printers i always sharpen them uh, razor sharp and then put them away so next time i need to use them i'm ready to go it just makes a lot of sense and i do the same thing with power tools Um, there's nothing more challenging for me than Uh, Oh, gosh, I need to go cut the grass in the vegetable garden only to find out that I have an empty tank on my lawnmower. Mm, And I don't have any gas to fill it. So I do the same thing with my power tools. Once I use my rototiller or once I use my lawnmower, uh, I wash it off thoroughly. I have a push mower that's made by Craftsman. And it's easily 15 years old. And it runs just as well as it did when I bought it off the floor. I replace the Mm -hmm. blades periodically, but Mm -hmm. I also take care of it. I wash the undersides. I wash all the debris off of that, and it'll last a very long time. So I make sure everything is filled up and put away into the shed so when I get ready to use it next time, I'm ready to go ahead and use it because it's got plenty of gas, plenty of oil, and the blades are sharp.
2: We're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, I want to ask you about, the because of the rising gas prices, maybe some suggestions um, for gardening. So uh, We're here with Robert Bowden of Harry P. Lou Gardens here in Central Florida. This is Steve's Power (laughs) Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. having a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet or some other fundraising event, need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar, or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast, let us help. At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call Our Gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email our gatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. Good morning. Welcome back to G's Power Hour. I've never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We are here with Robert Bowden of Harry P. Lou Gardens here in Central Florida. The number, if you have questions, well, no, we're not taking calls today, but um, you can always contact uh, Robert. We're going to post the information for Lou Gardens. So anyway, um, what I wanted to ask, because you, you were mentioning, mentioning about, you know, being prepared with the gas, having the gas, uh, gas for our mowers, gas for our trimmers. You know, some of us have used electrical, but uh, for the most part we're still using a lot of gas. Gas has gotten uh, one, of, one of those debatable things. Um, we've talked about alternatives, though, that we can do for our lawns um, in terms of types of ground cover or even now being able to plant vegetables uh, more so than, you know, in the areas that we're allowed. So can you talk a little bit about ways that we can maybe do some conversions in our Yards that are going to probably save us some gas money,
1: sure yeah, I'd be glad to um, you're right um, grass is a is a high maintenance plant, and it takes chemicals and it takes plenty of water <clears throat> um, chemicals to um, kill or prevent fungus in the lawn, chemicals to control insects. I don't care how well you take care of your St. Augustine grass, you're going to get uh, sod webworms and you're going to get uh, chinch bugs. There's really nothing you can do to prevent it other than you know a monthly spray program. So not only um, are they cost prohibitive, but they're not really so good for the environment either. So uh, many people throughout Florida Uh, have considered and ultimately put into practice uh, alternative um, plant material to St. Augustine grass. And I'm glad to hear you talk about vegetables in the front yard, because 2019 Governor DeSantis signed into law um, a law that says that unless you live in an HOA, which have their own separate rules, uh, the people of the state of Florida are permitted to grow vegetables in their front yard. And Orlando and Miami were some of the cities that were really on the cutting edge of making that possible. So if you have eight hours of full sun, uh, you can actually grow vegetables in your front yard. Just keep in mind, of course, that you've got neighbors and uh, you want it to look nice, especially, you know, you have a neighbor that's um, a little... Um, Retentive about maintaining his grass, and then you go ahead and put a farm in your front yard. that's not going to be real popular, but you can put in some very, very attractive raised beds uh and grow vegetables or cut flowers there um, but the the ground covers um, are a way to go they're uh, they're expensive initially because clearly you have to buy you have to kill the grass that's there and then go ahead and um, and plant um, uh, ground covers like Asiatic jasmine in their place. But ultimately, um, it will work very well. I know a lot of people uh, in areas like Winter Park or Baldwin Park or Celebration where they have very, very small front yards. Maybe they're 10 by 10. uh, People are planting a very dwarf form of mondo grass and it's very dark green uh and they simply plant it and it spreads and it fills in like saint augustine plugs do but it's very very dark green and you only have to cut it once or twice a year and that's just to get rid of some of the weeds so there are alternatives to grass and i would encourage your listeners to do that um you can also, as I said, you can go ahead and put in uh, vegetable gardens. There's all sorts of different things you can do um, to reduce that. You can also um, consider um, utilizing Bahia, Bahia grass instead of St. Augustine or Zoysia or Bermuda. Um, there are two forms of it. There's um, uh, the sort of the pasture grass but there's a another form which is i think a very very nice grass um and it 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 doesn't have to be cut nearly as often and you can get it as um um, sod or you can also get it from seed and seed your lawn and that's what i did about 15 years ago we had um, weeds in the backyard i have my i have two acres and the backyard was a a mishmash of um, any number of variety of weeds, and uh, I wanted it to look a little better, but I also wanted it to be uh, grass that the children could play on. So I killed all of the the turf that was there, and I sprayed it with Roundup, and then sprayed it the second time with Roundup, and then I went over it very lightly with a rototiller, and then I planted... um, bahia seed and um, it takes a long time for it to germinate but i planted it planted the seed in the late spring and then summer came and of course that's when we hit all of our rain and uh, as long as it remained moist um, it took six to eight weeks to germinate but i have the most beautiful uh, bahia lawn in my backyard And I don't need to cut it very often because I don't mind the little seed heads that come up. And it turns out that the animals like it, too. Um, Not long, about a year or so after I put um, that bahia grass in, we had a family of foxes move in uh, to our yard. They took an old uh, armadillo hole and they wallowed her out a little bit and they had a mommy and a daddy and Two little baby uh, baby uh, foxes, and they love that tall bahia grass to play in. It was so much fun to watch a family play back there. So there are alternatives to Saint Augustine and so on. The only only thing I would suggest um, when you have Saint Augustine is make sure that you water seldom, but you water deep when you do roots are going to follow where the water is and if you put down st augustine sod and then you water you know once a day well that's where the roots are going to be they're going to be where the water is up at the top of the soil profile but if you water every four to five or seven days and make that water go really deep into the ground that's where your roots are going to be so if it gets really really hot then uh, the sun isn't going to bother those roots that are 12 to 15 inches deep, but it will burn sod virtually overnight if um, you water frequently but, sh- but in a shallow manner. So there's lots of alternatives. Uh, Bahia, I think, is my personal favorite, but some of the HOAs uh, in throughout Florida uh, prohibit that as a lawn to be used in the front. In the front yard I think some counties actually require uh, St. Augustine in the front and Bahia in the back a forty-sixty ratio so um, that's sort of interesting
2: yeah and I mean if you look at St. Augustine I mean you, you know the temptation to St. Augustine it's like it's, it's like carpet <laughs> you know it's like a yeah. nice plush carpet but I mean, we we you've got to kind of just kind of not buy into everybody has to have St. Augustine grass, you know. That for those that can that can't, but there are other things that are, are attractive if you and especially if you keep up a really. Nice vegetable garden. I mean, I've seen some of the stuff you all have, or even flower yeah. garden. But if if you keep it up nice, it. I mean, it's just as beautiful as as having the this, this St. Augustine. You know, and if you, if it's landscaped well, if it's planned out well, you know, and you have let's say other interesting. Uh, things to adorn your gardens, you know, maybe rocks or water fountains or, you know, lights or whatever it could be. It could just really yeah. be a, a nice alternative.
1: So. Let me say this. Um, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, just plant Zoysia instead of um, St. Augustine because it's so much better. Uh, don't fall for it. If yeah not, we were told that it is, Yeah, it has the yeah. same bugs it has the same diseases it needs the same maybe more amount of water and if, it's, if it gets cold like we had this last winter it'll go dormant it'll be brown and it might not turn up green again until late June, early July so I don't know who would yeah. want that that's pretty awful yeah it is pretty awful
2: So we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, I want to ask you about, um, I guess, uneven ground uh, and, and what to do, what to really do about that. So we're here with Robert Bowden of Harry P. Lou Gardens here in Central Florida. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. It is summer in the garden. It's summer today, and we are privileged to have back Mr. Robert Bowden of Harry P. Lou Gardens here in Central Florida. And so, and if you have questions for Robert, even if you don't get a chance to ask them on the show, just send them to the G's Power Hour Facebook page, and I'll make sure he gets those questions. But in the meantime, I wanted to ask you about dealing with uneven ground and i was wanting to find out first of all does 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 all of the ground have to be even number one number two do you ought if you're trying to level it out should you know where do you get your dirt and i think we've talked about that before but i still wanted to go, go there um and then the other thing is maybe alternatives for ground that may have dips and slants and all types of stuff.
1: So there you go. Um, I guess uneven ground or flat ground is personal choice. Okay. Um obviously you everyone likes to have that long look like a pool table. And um um you know, I live out uh in Longwood on uh, two acres and um used to be an old citrus grove, so my lawn isn't perfect. It's got hills and wales and things in there, so yeah, I guess it's personal choice. Um, it's difficult to figure out uh, where to get soil to fill in those because I guess it really depends a great deal on how many of those little dips you have that, that can be filled in. If you have a lot, then you may need to go to a mulch yard where they sell large amounts of mulch, and they always have compost or or soil there that you can have them drop off at your house, and you can take that dirt and uh, put in those swales and fill it that way. If they're just small and there's not many of them, then you can go to any home improvement store or garden center and buy bags of what they call garden soil and it's sterilized dirt i don't know where they get it from but uh, we've used it in the past and um, it works well Mm -hmm. so if you have saint augustine for instance and you've got a low spot then you would simply um, cut out uh, the sod where that hole is and you know you cut it on three sides pull it back fill the hole, and then put the St. Augustine back and make sure that you water it well for the first two or three weeks. That will usually solve it. So uh, it, its I, I know everyone likes to have yards that are perfect, but um, especially in Florida where it's warm, a lot of the times of the year it's going to be hard to get it that way, especially if you're older and you can't. Move all that dirt and all that soil around. So I don't know if that answers your question or not.
2: Yes, yeah, that answers part of it. Now I'm gonna, cause I'm just, I'm gonna turn this a little personal for me. So I think I've mentioned to you before. I have a, a yard that kind of slopes down in an angle, and and in that low point where it's up against the fence, sometimes it's it's a little bit of a um, Incline—it's—it's it's a little steep in terms of trying to, uh-huh. trying to mow, you know, or you know. Right. So one of the things that I have been considering recently is to get some large rocks or something, and maybe get, instead of trying to mow over there, is maybe mix some rocks with some of that that tall decorative type of of grass or, or plants or something like that in between and just make it where you don't have to mow over there. You you just have something that's nice and mix it in with some, some rocks and some lights and maybe some plants. What well, are your
1: that's thoughts? A, that's a great, so I, that's get, a great idea. Yeah. Where do you get the rock? I mean, that's a great idea.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> you know, if it's low and you don't want uh, grass, you just build a little, a little bed, um, right there in the garden and make a little you could make a little butterfly garden for instance right there Um, and that would be a great choice Uh, you could put uh, an herb garden there and that would work really well there's all sorts of things you can do you don't have to just have grass in your yard can you can really do um, if it's dry if it's really really dry and you don't Mm -hmm. want to water you can put in uh, a garden like we have at Lou Gardens, it's called the arid garden, and we have century plants and we have other plants that take um, very very dry situations, and they require zero care. So if it's in the full sun and it's really hot, and you just you're getting tired of um, dealing with the weeds and all in a low spot, then put in a different type of garden. Um, Mm -hmm. you know at Blue Gardens we have what we call an idea garden and it was really created at the request of our guests who said you know we're really inspired when we come to the garden to see all these beautiful plants but we can't we can't take that information home because of the scale that you have so what we did was to create an idea garden and as the name suggests it's it's actually that. There are 12 small um, residentially scaled gardens that give people ideas of things that they can do in their gardens at home. So if you don't want to plant or you don't want to take care of grass or you have a low spot, then perhaps you could plant a, 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 install a bird garden Um and when I mean birds, I mean regular birds and also hummingbirds as well. So we have a we have a garden that attracts birds because we've planted plants there that um, offer nesting materials, offer um, protection from predators, um, offer um, food. We plant plants and they have lots of berries on them. We also provide water and bath, and we get hummingbirds uh, 12 months out of the year, and we get all of the birds that come through on the flyway. Um, we have a garden that's for um, those people who may back up to an environmental area that's, that's wet, and we have what we call a, a bog garden, and... Those are plants that will grow in wet areas. Um, Not everything will grow where the soil is wet. You know, communities in those areas will die within weeks, but you could could throw some bog plants in there, and they'll thrive and do very well. So there's 12 of those gardens located at Lou, and we also uh, demonstrate different types of ways to treat uh, concrete uh, as as sidewalks. So we have regular sidewalk with sponge finish and a broom finish and uh, different patterns of brick and so on. So um, I know a, a lot of the guys who come in uh, aren't real happy that we've given them uh, more, more work to do uh, because these are really fun weekend projects that can be done uh, in one or two weekends. So you, know, you don't have to just uh, kill yourself trying to keep the grass alive. Um, less grass is better. So put in some beds and put a theme to it. Maybe you get some birds. Uh, we have a garden that um, has, we call it the evening garden. And, you know, you get home from work in the winter time and you have dinner and then it's almost dark by the time you really wanna go outside, but you know it's just green out there, nothing to see. So we've created an evening garden, or some people call it a moon garden, and all of the plants are green and white striped, or have white flowers, or the plants only bloom at night. And it's very popular. So there's all sorts of things you can do um, if you have an area that um, is causing you a problem. Okay.
2: So, but I I do want to ask go back to one question I was asking. You. Where is the best place to find rocks? If you want to want to incorporate rocks, do you Well, go in central Florida, to... you
1: probably want to go to uh, Pebble Junction. And I hate to Pebble just Junction. name one, you know, uh, name right off the top, but they have uh, the largest assortment of rocks of every imaginable size, color, and shape. They have really big ones, and you got real tiny ones. And that's on French Avenue in Sanford. So you go to Pebble Junction, and you walk in, and they'll let you walk around and see um, what rocks you like. And then they'll um, get somebody to bring them up, they'll weigh them, and they'll tell you how much it's going to cost. There's some beautiful, beautiful rocks there, Uh, stones, too, for walkways and things like that. So, Bill Junction, hands down, is the best that I know of in Central Florida.
2: Well, thank you, because I would have never
1: known, Um, and
2: I will try to go this weekend for sure. Um, if I can. Um, so that is one, of, that answers one of my biggest questions there because I, I, I've kind of, you know, my, my husband is still kind of on the fence about it, but, um, you know, as we were getting older, like you said, you said, there's the less and less you kind of actually want to do and trying to tackle that particular area, um, is, is one of our biggest issues. So if we can kind of take that off the table and still make it, you know, be- beautiful and durable,
1: then, then that's great.
2: No, you talked about spending and, time outside, and, 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 and I, I know
1: you. Yes, please. And I would encourage you not to simply take those rocks and just lay them on top of the ground. Okay. I learned this lesson from a uh, a Japanese landscape architect out of San Diego when we were creating a um, a garden in uh, St. Louis. And so many people just get a rock and they lay it on top of the ground. And there's so much more artistic um, aesthetic to it if
0: mm-hmm.
1: you partially bury those rocks. And I know you're going to bury the money because, you know, rocks cost money. So you won't be able to see the entire rock. But if mm-hmm. you just lay it on top of the ground, it looks like he laid it on top of the ground. Uh, right, right. So you wanna you wanna come down maybe a third to a quarter of the di- the size of the rock, nestle it in amongst the dirt, and it's gonna the the um, the placement is gonna be much more aesthetically pleasing than it would be if you just throw it on top of the ground and walk away. It means a little more work. I remember we spent the better part of a day on four rocks at the Japanese garden in St. Louis until we got the rocks exactly the way he wanted them. So mm-hmm. um, you, know, you don't have to go through that much detail, but just a little a little um, secret of the trade, uh, you know, bury them just a little bit, maybe a quarter to a third, uh, and I think you really appreciate uh, the final aesthetic.
2: Okay. And so the other thing I was going to ask or suggest maybe, could you do something like maybe some low-level perennials to kind of, you know, create a border around the rocks maybe?
1: Absolutely. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, And that's, again, that goes back to uh, a butterfly garden. You know, butterfly garden is perennials and bedding plants. And uh, you can go to a garden center, and select those perennials that um, act as a plant that the caterpillars will eat and also plants that uh, provide the butterflies nectar. So um, if I could share with you a funny story, we had uh, a, a gentleman who was on our board of trustees at the gardens, and he had two young children, and he wanted to create a butterfly garden. So we all met at uh, Lucas Nursery, out in Avedo, on a Saturday morning, and we bought uh, a lot of uh, uh, perennials uh, that uh, butterflies would use, and we planted them in his garden, and uh, the girls loved it, the wife loved it, everybody was happy. But about three weeks later, he called me back, and he said, Robert, you've you've got to help me here. Uh, These butterfly plants are killing me. I said, what's the problem? He said, well, I planted, you know, we spent a couple hundred dollars, spent all this time and effort planting these plants, and I just cannot get rid of all these caterpillars. They're they're eating all my plants. Mm. (laughs) Well, Craig, that's what they're supposed to do. You know, those caterpillars that eat your milkweed and eat the other things, those eventually turned into butterflies. The butterflies. And, and the <laughs> butterflies then mate, and they lay eggs, and you'll get more and more butterflies. But he couldn't quite get over the fact that he would buy plants, and then the caterpillars from the butterflies would eat them right down to the ground. And mm-hmm. he wasn't real fond of that. He wasn't <laughs> real fond of that. So wow. um, we we needed to go back to butterfly gardening 101 and tell them that you're going to buy things like milkweed and the caterpillars are going to move in and they're going to eat that plant right down to a nub and you just have to let it grow back and there are other plants like penta and other things that the butterflies mm-hmm. use to sip to use as energy when they sip the nectar so butterfly gardens with rocks and all of that super super easy to do uh, place the rocks and then plenty your perennials around it really easy thing to do okay
2: we're going to take our final break when we come back we're going to try to find out a little bit about what's going on at lou gardens and um i have a i still need to find penny royals robert i can't find them so we're going to talk about that when we come back this is g's power hour i've never had so good entertainment and we will be right back mm-hmm. dedicated to serving our families.
1: Hi, I'm Tim
2: Garris. Uh, You may know me as Timmy G. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's been two decades, but I want you to know I'm back in the art And I've got a mix of music that can help you relax and chill out. It's smooth. It's relaxing. It's chill out jazz. The soulful mix of smooth jazz, soul, and smooth R&B. So join me every Wednesday night, 10 p.m. to midnight, on K-Ham Radio. Are you chilling? Hey, hey, welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thank you so much for being with us. We are spending summer, the first day of summer, in the garden with Mr. Robert Boughton of Harry P. Lou Gardens here in Central Florida. Before we talk about what's going on in the gardens, please help me find the Penny Royals. Um, you mentioned before that like if you're gonna spend time outside and you're trying to keep the mosquitoes away a little bit you know the citronella plants not in you know, so much you'd be better off I think you said buying like the concentrated citronella and the candles and other types of stuff or uh, what the tiki torches or stuff like that but you said penny royals were better plant wise is that correct
1: well it's always good to use organics when possible and if you're yeah. growing, if you're out in the garden and you have pennyroyal as an herb that grows in the herb garden, um, you know, you just take a little bit off and you rub it on your arms and on your neck. And that'll keep most of the mosquitoes and the sandflies, or you know, the little, what do you call them, noceums seams away. Um, you're right in that uh, the box stores uh, don't carry pennyroyal. It's not... Uh, most people don't know what it is and they're only going to sell those plants that people are going to buy. So they're going to grow thyme and they're going to grow basil, but they're not going to grow pennyroyal because not many people know what it is. But it's an incredible ground cover. It very rarely gets more than an inch tall, but it spreads throughout the garden. So that would be another excellent plant to put uh, in in your rocks, for instance. Uh, if your rock has a a little uh, pocket in it. You could actually plant pennyroyal in that little pocket and have it flow over the edges of the rock, which is really quite handsome. But you you probably have to go to a garden center. And rather than travel all over central Florida, make a call to places like Appenberries and South Seminole Nursery and uh, Oviedo uh, Lucas Nursery. and see if they have Penny Royal. Uh, there's a, another nursery in Rockledge called Rockledge Gardens. It's on Highway 1 south of the 520, and they have a nice selection of herbs. But I would I would recommend you call and see if they have it rather than drive all over town, especially with gas at $5 a gallon. It's probably, probably in your best interest, but it's not... Um, you know once you have it, you will always have it, but getting it may be difficult. You can also go online, I guess, and buy penny royal plants, but it'd be nice if you could find it locally i'm I'm real sure that you're not going to be able to get them at the box stores, but if you call some of the um, nurseries um garden centers around town they'll they'll tell you if they have it or not.
2: Yeah, and, and we need to be clear and get people to understand when you say garden centers we are not talking to big box stores. Okay, so just just people no, need to be clear no, on that. We're talking that. about
1: <laughs> places like Appenberry's and in, in um, College Park. Lucas, um we're talking okay. about uh Lucas Nurseries and Oviedo South Seminole uh nursery up in uh, uh Seminole County. Um you know, these are places. I think there's a um, there's a, a, gar, a garden center on um, 1792 in Castleberry called Longwood Gardens. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's mostly uh, uh, landscape plants, but they may have herbs. I don't know. It's been a while since I've been okay. there. But you know, um, go online, find out where some of those local garden centers. Are and uh, they're the ones that are going to have the the more unusual plants uh, and then, you know that brings up a good point you know if you're if you're out with the family and you're shopping for a new electrical outlet or you need a hammer and while you're there you're going to pick up a bag of fertilizer or maybe one or two liriope plants to fill in where some aren't doing so well box stores like Home Depot and Lowe's they're fine. Um, you can even buy camellias at Lowe's and Home Depot. They 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 all get theirs from the same grower up in uh, Mount Dora. But uh, if you need dirt, you need one or two plants, you need some seeds. You can go just about anywhere. But if you if you're looking for something like pennyroyal, for instance, then you're gonna have mm-hmm. to go to a garden center. And garden centers are usually uh family owned uh and uh, that's how they make their living and they're going to be very helpful they're going they're very knowledgeable, far more knowledgeable than the people at the box stores. I can tell you some of those people may have worked in the paint department yesterday, so they don't have a clue what they're talking about and you but do you really need expertise to buy a bag of dirt no. But if you need expertise then you go to a garden center or you come to a botanical garden, talk to the staff and they'll be more than glad to answer your questions. And they're knowledgeable. That's what they're in the business for. They you know, they they're they're they own that garden center because um you know, they have a love and, and a love for plants and they're gonna be very helpful and they're gonna give you good information.
2: So thank you for that. Now let's talk while we got a few minutes left about what is going on. At, I have not been out there in a while. I feel so bad, uh, but we're coming. What is going on out there at Lou Gardens now?
1: Well, first of all, I would recommend <clears throat> that um, your listeners come out early in the morning. You know, we open yep. at 9 o'clock, and, you know, from 9 to ten thirty or 11, it's, uh, it's quite nice. Anytime after lunch is uh, pretty brutal. Uh, it's hot, it's humid. Uh, many of the gardens are in full sun. Um, so that's an issue. But if you, you know, if you have no other time to come, then there is shade and there's plenty of um, plenty of benches around so you can rest. Uh, it's a great time to visit because all of the tropical plants are in bloom. So all of your Heliconias, all of your lobster claws, your hibiscus, uh, your we have an incredible display of Caladium bulbs blooming right now. Summer annuals are at their peak um, right now, so it's very colorful. And the tropical plants are just blooming their little heads off. So that's very nice. We have a a, a scavenger hunt. For young people, it's called Leaf It, and uh, there's probably a dozen or more um, little pieces of you know I- leaves that you would identify on plants, and it's great for the young people. They really seem to enjoy it. And then uh, we understand that we have no actual confirmation, but it looks like um, the fairies are coming back. Uh, you know, they just show up one night and put up their doors and, you know, they're in the gardens for the summer. We we hear through the channels that they might be coming back uh, sometime in August. or uh, So that would be kind of fun to look for. And uh, it's, it's great that it's a lot slower this time of year because uh, it is so hot, but we have things for people to do. Uh, the Butterfly Garden is absolutely gorgeous right now. And it's interesting, you go to the vegetable garden, because people say, oh, it's so hot, nothing will grow in Orlando in the summertime that we can eat. And um, just go through the butterfly garden, you'll see that we've got sweet potatoes and okra and uh, um, all sorts of things growing out there um, that you can harvest and eat uh, for dinner. So, um, and everything, of course, is labeled. Um, We have uh, examples of raised beds, um, and we also give uh, instructions on how to find um, the building instructions for those. So if you're not uh, handy, uh, you can go online and find our um, uh, instructions on how to create raised beds and grow vegetables 12 months out of the year. So there's a lot going on. A lot going
2: on. Okay. So um real quick, what's the thing we should be planting right now to supplement our uh uh stock of vegetables and fruit?
1: Well, for vegetables, you can be growing um okra. That's very popular right now. Uh and there's lots of different kinds of okra you can be growing. There's one called Perkins dwarf, who um, only grows to about uh, four feet tall. Uh, there's some decorative okra that is red stem and red fruit. We have sweet potatoes. We have cherry tomatoes growing, uh, black-eyed peas, mustard, uh, turnip greens, uh, sugarcane, of course. Uh, Luffa sponges are, are growing now. So uh, we're growing um, some more unusual things like uh, chayote, which I was unfamiliar with, but it's a squash, um, Mm -hmm. and each plant will put on about 40 uh, individual fruits, so we have that growing. Uh, We have yard-long beans growing. Uh, That's an Asian vegetable. So there's actually a lot growing in there that people don't think about, and Right in the garden itself, there is a information sheet that you can take home with you, and that will tell you um, what you what vegetables and herbs you can plant uh, mm-hmm. twelve months during the year. So mm-hmm. you could be growing dill right now. You can mm-hmm. be growing borage, uh, basil. Mm-hmm. There's lots of herbs that will grow. Uh, Culantro mm-hmm. uh, is yeah. growing now as well.
2: Robert, thank you so much. Welcome back. Always a pleasure to have you. And you and yours have a wonderful, wonderful day and, and summer. And we'll talk to you again soon.
1: And, and thank <laughs> stay you. cool. Thank you very much for the kind invitation to have me on your show.
2: Thank you. Take care. Talk to you soon. And thank you all for listening. Um, tomorrow we will talk to Dr. Jeremy Levitt about the Jermaine Jones incident. So uh, don't miss it. Thanks for joining us. This has been G's Power Hour I Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Be well, be safe, be blessed, and please remember, all willpower comes from God. Take care.